This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey, are you ready to hang with your digital besties? What day is it? Is a podcast covering every girl problem, life struggle, and biz reality out there. So pour yourself a glass of wine and get ready to laugh, relate, and celebrate not having it all together. Justin would wake up at like three in the morning and I would still be at the island responding to customers, writing emails with a glass of wine, like probably drunk. And I would do that till like three in the morning, four in the morning. And sometimes I would just pull an all nighter, just keep on going. And I wouldn't say anything on social media because like people don't, some people care, but most people don't really. And so I just wouldn't really say anything. And then, so there's certain times where he was like, I've had enough, like you're, you, you need to stop. And I would be like, what am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do? I'm like, I can't do this now. Like I'm in this now because with the Jilly Box, you have to order things like six months to a year in advance. So you can't just like bolt the company because you've already spent a million dollars on product that's going to be like, that's like literally going out right now that we ordered a year ago. So you can't just fold it. You have to just fucking deal with it and figure it out. So that clip you just heard from that episode is coming up real quick, but just for a couple minutes, you have to deal with my voice in your ears. Friendships, what the hell is up? I am so excited to be here. Happy Wednesday. Just kidding. It's Friday. Thanks for your patience. We had a little bit of a, a what? A little bit of a behind the scenes delay this week. And if you're tuning in for the first time, my name is Jackie Rye and I'm one half of this dysfunctional podcast. Bailey? Bailey, are you there? Just kidding. It's just me this week. Suckers, you're stuck with me and me only. I'm missing my other half so much today, but it's fine. We're fine. I'm fine. I don't know if you guys saw my stories on what day is a podcast Instagram account, which if you're listening here, you really should be following over there. But I talked about how the episode was going to air late this week. And I also shared that when I record Instagram stories, I record them probably 10 times before I actually air the final one. And by the end of the 10th one, you can only imagine I'm super annoyed with how I look or what I'm saying because it's just really uncomfortable and awkward. So you can imagine how doing a podcast intro by myself feels then. (sighs) I miss Bailey, but it is what it is this week. Sometimes you just have to get things done by yourself. I'm adulting. I'm growing up as a podcast host. I also, funny thing, I'm wearing headphones right now which when I record podcasts, obviously I wear headphones because I can hear our guests talking or I can hear Bailey talking. But right now, because I'm only recording, I don't technically need them. But as a comfort thing, because I'm here by myself, it feels more comfortable to have my AirPods in. Sounds kind of lame, but I just thought it was funny. Also thankful you guys can't see that and thankful you can't see my face cringing every two seconds at the things I'm saying. I'm going to try and talk a little bit slower. I think it's the nerves. Thanks for bearing with me. So I'm solo dolo. Usually Bailey's here with me, but just ride it out for a few more minutes. If you're tuning in for the first time to hear Jillian Harris, I don't blame you. You're probably annoyed hearing me talk and saying, give me the good stuff. 
but I promise you'll get to hear her soon. This week's episode is super bomb. I'm so excited. We finally connected with Jillian. We've been trying to do it for a while now, but she's a busy gal. So we finally secured her first spot. And the only way to kind of make it work was for Bailey and I to travel to Kelowna and back in one day. Now, we could have stayed there for the night, but we were both super busy that week and just decided to make it a day trip. If you guys don't know where we're from, we're from Surrey, BC, which is a four-hour drive for the most part each way. So we drove a couple weeks ago up to Kelowna to record with Jillian, which was so worth it. And we also had the amazing chance to podcast with Justin, her husband. That's not true. They're not married. But make sure you guys hit that subscribe button because Justin is going to be on the podcast next week. And we dive into some really cool topics with him about him starting his own ventures, what it's like dating someone who was at the beginning, what it was like dating someone who's in the public eye, what he really thought of Jillian when he first met her and what he really thought about their age difference, which is actually kind of a funny story. So until then... You get to hear the lovely Jillian Harris, her story. We learned some stuff about behind the scenes of the Jilly box. We learned about what she would have done if she came off The Bachelor during this time. And we also hear things about how she built her little empire and how she's so intentional with every collab she does. And I have so much respect for her. I mean, I did going into that podcast, but hearing even more of her story after that podcast, I'm really inspired by her how real she is and how much she supports Canadian brands. It's super cool. And it's definitely given me a different outlook on how I'll continue to do my shopping. I don't want to dive too much deeper into what the episode entails. And I want you guys to hear it for yourself. So without further ado, thank you for putting up with just me for this intro this week. Here is the bomb.com episode with Jillian Harris. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, friends, you have asked for this guest. She's already up out of her chair. I don't know where she's going. Oh, we're we're getting romantic. She's sitting in the mood. Okay. (laughs) Friendships, we've got Jillian Harris. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, I gotta move your mic Um, way closer. I can do it. I can do it. We're sitting far away because I'm not that big of a princess. God, I can move my own mic. Jeez. Okay. Or well, did Justin tell you otherwise? No. But oh, I can't got, do anything not that. With, okay. No, we got he some said, tea. Oh, all got, good things. Oh, great. Some inappropriate. Yeah, okay, yeah. perfect. Like I never put out? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Kind of the opposite. Aw. <laughs> so nice of him to lie like that. I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> your episode's going to come out first, though. So, oh. friends, listen to next week episode for like all the tea and uh, yeah okay and I'm gonna listen to but on that note it was so funny we have this like Mr. Bones from uh Michael's you know the like the skeleton Mm -hmm. and we were like had her or him or whoever it is at the island and whatnot and then we were trying to come up with like organic uh October content and I was in the bed with the kids doing like something for chapters indigo and I was like oh my god somebody go get the skeleton and put it where Justin sleeps and then we took a picture of me scrolling on my phone with a glass of wine and then where Justin would be is just a skeleton. And like, this is poor Justin waiting to get like a piece. But he's just now died and like rotted away. That is so yeah. good. Poor oh my God. I do put out you guys, but <laughs> maybe not as frequently as he likes, but. You know. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Well, obviously everybody knows who you are, so we're not even going to bother with that. But... And this great introduction has probably stained everybody's image of the sweet, lovely Jillian. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god i'm sure we're even gonna get some better yeah rip off better the content rip off the so it's okay but <clears throat> what does a day in the life look like for you um every single day is so different for sure. Um, and it all depends. And I have different days that I love and different, like Tuesdays are the day that I love because we get our house clean. I'm here at the office. The kids are in school. I come back at the end of the day and it's just like, oh, it's heaven. Tuesdays are my favorite day ever. What's your least favorite day? Oh God, this makes me so sad. Like no, every I day but no. Tuesday. <laughs> I shouldn't. It's funny because, no, I sh- I'm not saying that this is my hardest. Can I make a guess? What is it? Fridays. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Justin it's- may have said something. Okay, it's not, no. Fridays are my actually favorite day, but my hardest day. Because mm-hmm. those are the days for people who don't know, I don't work those days and I hang out with the kids, but the work never really stops. So my phone is still dinging. I, emails are still coming in. Comments are still coming in. Text messages. And I am actually, contrary to popular belief, I am a horrible multitasker. And for any mothers who are out there listening, and especially mothers who work from home, I do not understand how it's possible. Like I can barely make a meal with my children at home without getting flustered. So I don't know how moms are working from home with their kids, especially during COVID, making meals and keeping themselves sane. Like I wake up every Friday and I'm so excited, but I get so overwhelmed because with a two and a four-year-old and you want to like, I just always at the end of Fridays, I always feel like a failure. I always feel like I fucked this up. So yeah, but um, my work days are usually cuddling with the kids in the morning. Leo has his coffee. I have my coffee. Annie usually sleeps in, which is amazing. Um, Mondays and Tuesdays, the kids go to daycare. So it's usually a hustle trying to get them out of the house. Wednesdays and Thursdays are also my favorite because we have Melissa, our nanny in, and she gets in at like 7.55. So like as soon as things get crazy at the house, she's there to like pick up the pieces. And like, I just love having her there. Like she's like a comfort person for me. And when she's at the house, I just know everything's getting taken care of. I know, like, she just loves, I think. I think she loves us. It seems <laughs> like she does. But um, it's usually calls, Instagram, um, cameos, which I'm so behind on. Um, cameos are, like, a way I fundraise. I do stories. You're amazing with that. So, yeah, so cool. Um, and um, I'm usually stressing out about what to have to dinner. Then I text message Justin. Then he doesn't get back to me. Then I usually start to resent him at about three or four because I'm like, <laughs> why do I always have to deal with dinner? Um, and then I get, so we are like fairly back to back. There is definitely not any lulls in my day ever. And I thought when I quit Love It or List It that I imagined that I would be going up for lunch with people and getting my nails done. But I just definitely, I'm like, pardon the 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 whatever you want to call it the what's the word the not the pun because it's not a pun the common phrase balls to the wall (laughs) but I am pretty much balls to the wall from like morning till night and uh then I come home pour myself a big glass of wine get the kids fed and uh after they're to bed I usually fall asleep with Leo or I scroll Facebook until like two in the morning it's either one or the other. Either fa- what are you looking at on Facebook till two in the morning? Tiny kitchens. Do you guys watch when they make the tiny little ravioli? Uh, yes. And I've seen the tiny egg and the tiny bread. It's yes. so cute. I love that. And then I also just love like the shit show of people's opinions oh, yeah. it, as it relates to like politics and masks and COVID and Black Lives Matter and like everything. Like I just love seeing people's opinions and then people arguing about it. To me, it's like real life Reality TV. Reality TV. Mm-hmm. Like, it's real people that I know saying the stupidest things. And I'm like, how is this even a thing? And sometimes, depending on how much energy I have, I don't do this on my professional Facebook. I try to keep things very cool, but I'll get in there and like ruffle some feathers. 
So then in the morning, it's really exciting to go back and see what now, like now what has happened. So Justin doesn't really love my relationship with Facebook, but I love Facebook. Facebook is a dark hole that I yeah. can get lost in as totally. well. It's a different world than Instagram. Yeah. It's just so many different opinions and also like funny memes mm-hmm, and the funny, best. Mm-hmm. and like you click the thing like 25 times that people failed life and then you get to see these funny things where people like, I don't know, drag their groceries behind their car for 25 miles or whatever, right? <laughs> it's just hilarious. Yeah. I wonder if you've ever like secretly been on one of these, like somebody spotted you doing something. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, what about, remember Nacho when he was in Leo's car seat? Oh, yeah. And that went Ellen, viral yeah. and it got like... It got like 500 million views or something. We got contacted by so many different um, agencies asking to like buy the rights to that. But then they're like, such a good photo. Yeah, but they're like, we'll buy the rights for like $250. I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Keep this image to myself. <laughs> okay, we want to know, well, we kind of talked about this before, how this question has already stumped you. So what is something you do every day that you would guess most people don't do? I've been thinking about this all day. I stopped reading the questions. Like this morning, I was like, I should prepare for this a little bit. I stopped after this one. I'm like, I don't know. Which is question number two. Guys. Yeah. Was like 30. <laughs> um, but all I can think about in the moment is I feel like I poop way more than the average human being. Like I sometimes will poop two times before 9 a.m. The second my eyes open, like I'm terrified to see what's going to happen to me when I'm 80. You guys, have you guys ever heard me joke about that? I want to be doing this forever. And I love it so much that one day I want to be the face of Depends. I will be the best person for the job because when I'm 80, I will not make it to the bathroom in the morning. I just, like, I have my, sister, as soon as my body wakes up, my butt is like, we've got to get to the <laughs> right now. It's digestion. time. It's yeah, time. it's healthy. Yeah. Has it always been like that? Always. So what did you do when you were first dating, starting to date Justin? Did you just go with it or did you hide it? How do you hide I think that? all boyfriends, have, it's, I mean, I think it's everybody's anxiety. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some girls that just don't poop for like days. Oh yeah. Well, like not you, days, but I hide it from my yeah, boyfriend. Yeah, you don't have to worry, but I have to go and it's just like, you put the fan on, I try to make lots of noise with the toilet paper, <laughs> <laughs> like flush the toilet and then hope that it's not like a loud one and then you just hope for the best. It's so relatable though. Like if yeah. you haven't done that at some point, you're lying. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and Justin was raised... Like, he doesn't like talking or acknowledging that girls like poop or fart or anything. And that is like the one thing that stresses me out, not stresses me out, but disappoints me so much in our relationship because I was raised to like pull your finger and fart and like potty humor. And I just think it's so funny. And he just doesn't find it funny. So I'm slowly breaking him down. I'm slowly breaking him down. I have a feeling by the time I am shitting my pants, he'll think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) My boyfriend's the same way, though, about poop. I don't know why. Guys are so weird about it. It's like we have the same digestive system. The same thing happens to us. So you think it's funny when you fart and Dutch oven me, but then I can't do that to you. That's so unfair. Equality. (laughs) Yeah, equality. This is 2020. (laughs) If you Dutch oven me, I Dutch oven you. (laughs) Oh, my God. protest. (laughs) I think though maybe because they're so fascinated with the button other ways they don't want to think right. of it as that. Right. That's fair. So. Assumption. But keep in mind, Justin has also seen me give birth twice. Like very true. I've got pictures of my vagina looking like a Venus flytrap. Like it is massive. <laughs> and I'm like, how could you ever go near that ever again? It's terrifying. Oh my god. So thank you for sharing that. True yeah. Love. <laughs> crazy. Oh man. <laughs> um, okay, so 
you're always on the go. You have such crazy things going on. Do you have any daily rituals or anything that kind of like recenters you or just grounds you back and keeps you sane? Wine. Uh, And I know that probably is an unhealthy way to ground your to ground yourself, to ground myself. Um, but I do love at the end of the day, once the kids are fed and the kitchen's like kind of half cleaned up, I pour myself a little glass of wine and I just feel like, ah, I don't know what it is. I think for a lot of people, it's a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, but I really do love that. And especially living in wine country and living across from wineries and whatnot, it's just like, for me, that is a ritual. Um, but that's at the end of the day. And at the beginning of the day is my coffee with Leo. Like I love those two moments, but I will admit during the day, I don't do any self-care and it's reflected in my mood when I come home. Like when I come home, I'm exhausted and I'm drained. I don't stop for lunch. I don't go for lunch. I now do a new thing on Thursdays where I stop for lunch for one hour, but that's only one day a week. And so during the week, I am like, I pack my day as hard as I can. Um, And that probably will never change. If you had to recommend one bottle of wine to our listeners, what would you recommend? I would still say the Old Vines Fauche from Quail's Gate. So good. Yeah. I There's a lot of new wines I've discovered this year, like the Rosemary's Block. Um, I also love like a lot of Mission Hill wines. The Black Hills Carmenere is a really favorite of mine, but it's very specific. Like it kind of tastes like green peppers. It's strange. Um, but yeah, I would still say the Old Vines Fauche is my favorite. What about, wait, are those all local? Yeah, I, and especially after COVID and everything, and I just, I would literally go to the wine aisle and I would only go to BC or Canadian wines. I'm like, I just, there's so many great wines here. Why would I? I'm the same. I'll sometimes gravitate towards like a French rosé, mm-hmm. but I don't think usually, I've ever had French rosé. Oh, it's really good. Ooh, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is one thing people who follow you on Instagram don't really see about your life? Um, I try not to complain a lot on Instagram. I used to do it, and it's hard because people see me as somebody who is accomplished and uh, maybe I'm well off financially or you know, I'm just very privileged in many ways. So, but I am human. I get tired or offended or emotional or confused or just cranky, just like any other person in the world. So I used to complain, but I always found people were just didn't understand. They were like, why are you complaining? You have so much to be grateful for. You have your health. You have everything you could ever dream of. So I've sort of stopped complaining, but I kind of like complaining. Like, not that I don't like complaining. I, have so, I do have so much to be grateful for, but it's fun to bitch about little things. Like, it's not a negative thing. It's more of a, a funny way. And um, I think it's fun to just like, I don't, everybody gets frustrated no matter who you are. And I don't like internalizing it. And I, I think I am the kind of person that looks to the positive of things. And I try to like be positive about it. But sometimes you just want to bitch about things. And it's, and then I'm over it. You have to express yourself. And so it's okay to sometimes complain and to express yourself so that you're not internalizing it and then you can get it out and have your glass of wine and move on with life. So a lot of people don't see that. Um, I love that answer so much. Yeah, and I think I am a little bit bossy to Justin, so maybe they don't see that. Um, But, you know, I share a big part of my life. I share almost everything. Is there anything you wish you'd ever kept private? No. No, 
I, I, there are some times where, yeah, but now looking back, I mean, it is what I do mm-hmm. in a way. Um, it would also probably make it internally harder mm-hmm. for you. To be honest, actually, now that I think about it, I wish I never would have shared anything about my kids. And now it's kind of hard to go back. And I've started sharing like less and less. I used to have my phone in their face all the time. I'm now careful about like how much I show their face on like Instagram and pictures. Like we have so many cute pictures of the kids. And I'm like, I just don't want somebody then who's going to screenshot that where they can. I just, so I have gotten a little bit more careful about that, but I've got four years of my kids whole life on out there in the world. And there, it's not even a safety thing. It's just like they didn't really approve that. And so that's the only thing. Like if I could go back and change anything, I probably just would have been like, hey, guys, I had a baby. And like maybe you'd see him in the background or whatever. But I don't even know if I would want to like tell people my kids' names or their birthdays or anything. But that's what's out there. So I get that, especially with how weird the world is right now. Mm-hmm. You just merely makes you think. Yeah. So do you think you've had those thoughts shift in the last few months or has that been the last year? Um, about a year ago, I got into it with somebody, um, on a DM, they, it was a troll. They made fun of me or something like that. And normally I would just like ignore it, but I, I guess I was into it that day. I wanted to like get into it with them and they ended up basically like threatening me and like saying like you I watch where you live I know where you live I see Justin coming and going um you better be careful and they would they put like the coffin emojis and stuff like that and we tried calling the RCMP and talking to people and they were like there's really nothing you can do with internet safety literally they could say like I'm going to come and kill you and there's nothing you can do unless they physically came to your property and tried to kill you but even if even if you're like I tried to tell you there's nothing you can do about it And so in that moment, I just like felt like really icky about like, I love this job that I do. I love communicating with people. And I would always think like, oh, well, think about the Royals. Like, like I sometimes see what the Royals post pictures of like little George and stuff like that. I'm like, God, why are you posting that picture of him? Like, that's a full on close up. Like, what if somebody like, like clones him or something? I don't know. It was just, I just get weird about that kind of stuff. But I think like, okay, there's so many more prominent, famous people out there. But then there's also like friends of mine who have never posted a picture of their kids, even on their personal Facebook ever, because they're so paranoid. So I tried to just be like, okay, the world is a good place. I'm good. Like things are going to be okay. But yeah, I mean, it is scary sometimes. And also like, I love my family. My kids are cute. I want to share that. But sometimes that's a, that's a selfish emotion. Like I want to share that. My kids don't care if I share that. So that is my, the only thing, if I could go back, I probably just would have like skipped over the whole kid thing, but that's hard in an industry where you share everything about your personal life. God, being yeah. a parent is, yeah. must be hard yeah. to have no experience. Yeah. Um, okay. So we want to kind of get into it because you've been such a chameleon over the years. Like mm-hmm. you've done, I feel like every single I thing under like, the um, sun. I feel like I'm like Forrest Gump. You know, he has all those jobs. Like he was like a ping pong guy and then he was fishing shrimp and he was doing all these things. Like that was totally me. So take us back to when you came off The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Like Instagram wasn't a thing. And no, I always... Justin got me onto Instagram. It's crazy yeah. that 
I look at it, seeing all these people come off that same show now, and they just get catapulted into this platform where you very, very organically and worked very hard to build that. So like, where did you see yourself coming off of the show? Like, what did you think was going to happen? So when I came off The Bachelorette, I was just devastated and embarrassed, and I just didn't want to do anything else on TV ever again. Like, I'm like, this is horrible. I'm heartbroken. Like, now I'm back living with my parents. Um, I'm getting bullied on these all these platforms. Um, so I think I just kind of like was confused as to like where my career was going to go because I used to do design for Cactus Club and Browns, but I knew I never really wanted to go back there. It was an incredible experience, but it probably wasn't the healthiest experience. Great companies, but at that time my management style, I don't think was healthy. And so, um, I was like, shit. And I just felt like, what, what, how was I going to grow? Like, how was I going to grow? And like, long story short, long story, if I go back, I actually got let go from Cactus Club corporate because I wasn't corporate enough. So I used to do their design. Because you didn't have the degree? I didn't have a degree. Yeah, I didn't have a degree. But they didn't, the position didn't require a degree. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, it didn't require a degree. But I didn't have experience and I wasn't corporate enough. And they like loved me as a person, but they were just like, yeah, like it's time for you to go. And I was devastated. Honestly, that's a compliment though, to not be corporate enough. Yeah, like. yeah. And maybe they're just using that like because they liked me and so they didn't want to hurt my feelings. But I was devastated and Richard Jaffray looked at me in the eye and he was like, you should be on TV. And I was like, oh, fucking great. Yeah, sure. Oh, that's a great idea. I'll just go and be a TV star, Richard. Thanks thanks for the tip. So like, I was like, oh, great. What am I going to do with that? But then years later, after I came off The Bachelor, Bachelor, I, I ran into him in Tofino and he was like, I told you so. Like, how did you know? And he's like, I just knew. I just knew that you would always be on TV. I'm like, that's insane. Like, he manifested that dream for me, which is so cool. So thank you, Richard. I'm sure you're not listening to this, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, so I think what happened was, I'm trying to think about, I really need to figure out the story because I then did Love, uh, Love Rose to Extreme Makeover Home Edition. And I started blogging. But I wasn't getting paid to blog. This was before I think people were making money. This is how people like made money from like links and stuff like and that. And how did you kind of get into blogging? Like, um, I wanted to continue to connect with people. And so I wanted a website. And then I just wanted a place where I could write stories and share like my travels. And like my, a lot of people wanted to know about my favorite boots and my favorite rompers. So I felt like that would be a place to share like where I got my fashion and whatnot from and like my Thanksgiving recipes and all that kind of stuff. And then we got approached by a company at that point called Equal. They were like way ahead of their time. Um, They're since gone on a business, but they could have been like gazillionaires if they just would have like waited a a few years. But what they did is they partnered with people like me and I think Lauren Conrad and a few different people and they built their websites and they did all the content and then they would get sponsors or ads basically the same way we did them now. And they would just have like a blog that was like a sponsor post. So you'd have like furniture, outdoor furniture cover company and they would write everything. And then they would just try to tie in that person as much as possible. So they'd be like, if you have any pictures from your weekend, like we saw that you're away and they wouldn't edit them. They would just be the most horrible, awful <laughs> website. But they said that they needed to make $30,000 a month or more, and that if they made $30,000 a month, anything after that, they would split with me. So I never saw a penny for like two years. I'm sure they made lots of money off of me, but I just loved that they were doing the website for me and building my brand. And I'm sure, I'm sure it did help build my brand and keep me in connection, but they were making money and I guess they were doing the work and that was fine. Um, and then... 
I think at one point I had an assistant. I can't, I wish I could remember my, it must be all the wine, but they went on. Oh, I actually moved over from them to Cleo Bouge Media. Yeah. And that's when we met. Yeah. That's when we met and they were awesome as well. Like I loved working with them, but I really want, they also were having a hard time figuring out how to monetize the blog. Well, and- blogging wasn't a thing then. Like I honestly swear, and I could be wrong, but I swear you were the first person to come off that franchise and have a blog. I didn't know what I was doing. And everybody's like, why are you putting so much energy and time into something that you're not monetizing? And I'm like, I feel like it's the only way for me to build my own organic following because I was doing extreme makeover home edition and then I had love it or list it, but that's that they were in control and it was their Like I didn't have any ownership over that. So I wanted something that was mine. So it was Cleo and her team, like they would obviously have to, they weren't working for free. So they would send me invoices and I'd be like, I'm going into the hole right now because I'm not making any money off this website. And then all of a sudden I was spending three, five, six thousand $6,000 a month to have this website as somebody who still wasn't like, I was in my early thirties. That's a lot of money to be spending. And so that's when we discovered reward style and I was like reward style, but it was, is reward style is if for those of you who are listening, it's um, basically a platform for influencers to make money through affiliate links. So if you go onto my site and you like click on these glasses and you like them, you pay the exact same amount, but the company that you're buying it from gives reward style a commission, reward style keeps a little cut and then they pay me a commission. So it is a little bit complicated that you have to figure out how to use a platform and then you have to link exact items and not all brands are on reward style. So then you have to find brands or similar items like it is. And then are they Canadian? Are they American? So then you have to like build your catalog of items that you're always going to be like linking to, which is time consuming as it is. And then items sell out. And so it's like a full-time job and Cleo and, um, was Cleo's sister's name again? Tiffany. Um, they were like, this is just not working. Like we were making like 300 bucks a month. And I'm like, oh, now you're starting to see bloggers. And I'm like, they're making money. Like what is happening? Why can't I figure out how to monetize this website? And that's when I hired Shay. Um, and I was sort of like, this is a part-time job, but I think you could turn it into a full-time job. And I said, I want you to focus most of your time on learning this reward style. And we would still have some sponsor posts that were paid well, but this was way before we like cared about what we are talking about. Like I would spawn, I, I did sponsor posts for like kitty litter and I didn't even have a cat. Like I was like, you're going to pay me to talk about it. I will figure out a way to twist it so that it makes sense. But Shay learned so much about reward style and I learned so much about reward style that we were making we, we don't really work. We still do work with reward style, but we're not making this kind of money anymore because we've shifted our focus mm-hmm. to different kinds of partnerships. But I remember like one day for like a Nordstrom sale, we made like nine grand in a Holy day. Shit. That wasn't normal. We weren't doing that every day, but that's when we were like, whoa, like we were so, so excited. And that allowed us to then hire Mindy or like we were working with you. And then we got to hire more people and then we got to invest in photography and then we got to hire an actual photographer. So we really focused on reward style a lot for like four or five years. But then what happened is about three years ago, um, I just started thinking about how much I love this job and how much I love connecting with people and how much I was seeing other influencers doing things and I felt like I was losing trust in them and I never wanted that to happen to me because I love doing this so much that I realized every single thing I talk about, I have to love it. I have to use it. I have to believe in it. And um, we still do use reward style, but a lot of times they are from like American brands or 
I don't necessarily love those brands or they don't align with me. And so then that's when we shifted to like more meaningful long-term partnerships. And we just had this like this like idea one day that we're like, okay, we're not going to do these big, massive launches with some of these brands. It's not like it's completely off-brand. And I always say this and I'm like, am I offending anybody? But it's like, if I did a collaboration with say Persil dish or laundry detergent, it's not like I'm selling cocaine, right? Like it's still just a laundry detergent. It's on brand. Everybody uses laundry detergent, but I'm like, it's not the one that I buy. So I'm like, I have to stop doing those things. I have to be like, I have to try it. I have to love it. So we just one point just were like, we're just turned down all these deals and we only did what we loved. And it was really scary because a lot of those brands didn't have as much money as say like Procter and Gamble. Not to say that I'll never work with Procter and Gamble again, but I have to love the product. And so um, then you're, I was worried because like Sage, like they're not going to have the same money as like say Tide does. But we just made that decision. And because we made that decision and we were able to speak to it so passionately, we, those partnerships performed just as good, if not better than the big part, than the ones that like had the more money up front. And so that has basically, I think, fully shaped our business now into it being like as honest and as curated and as genuine and authentic as I could possibly get. Like, and to the point that I'm like, I'm not putting that in the box. I don't care what we're going to do with it. We have $200,000 worth of XYZ. We're going to have to sell it somewhere else. I'm not putting it in the box. And so that has been difficult, but it has made me like fall in love with this business and make, make it feel like less frivolous. Wow. Time is it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like you say it all the time, Bailey, and everyone hears it or sees it in you, like how authentic you are with the brands you work with. And like, you really wouldn't be anywhere unless you made that decision, which I'm sure was really mm-hmm. scary in the beginning. Yeah. And intentional because you are so supportive of small businesses and local businesses yeah. and sustainability. Like I just, your heart really goes into everything you do and you can see that. And I feel like that's why you have the craziest following I've ever seen. Yeah, like, we're, they're, they are super crazy. And it's so funny because when you're saying- In a good way, I mean. They're like, such yeah, a good, they love you. Don't like, come for us. We love yeah. you guys. Oh, no, they are cra- like they're crazy in a good way. But also like what I love about them, but it makes my job difficult, but also it makes it more successful in a way, is they're not easy on me. Like if they will call me on my shit, if they see that something is off brand or isn't the way, like they know me really well. And they're like, oh, wait a second, this doesn't seem like you. Yeah, they don't know me inside out. But sometimes I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. And then sometimes I'm like, you know what? No, I, I, I do eat chicken sometimes. That's just the way it is. But um, it's funny because somebody messaged me the other day about how they don't like seeing all the gifted items that I get. But it's funny because you'll never see me opening like a Chanel gifting or like a Louis Vuitton like or anything. These aren't things that I'm like coveting for and I'm trying to get things for free. 99.9% of these items, like if I want something, I'm going to go and buy it. And I'm not to say I don't want these items that are gifted, but these are usually small brands that can't afford a partnership. And they are women-owned, small business-owned, eco-friendly. I love them so much. I want to support them. And it's hard for me to support them by then just going on a screen. Like, and oftentimes, I do purchase from them, and I can purchase the items, but they want to gift me something to show me how awesome it is so then I can show my following. So for people that are listening and understanding, like some influencers do just accept gifting. They do love Chanel, whatever. That's fine. But it's not like I can't afford to buy these things. Um, a lot of times, things get gifted to Mamas for Mamas, or a lot of times then we give back to a charity, or we then make purchases from these companies. But it's not necessarily, I don't have to 
show people that I've gotten something given to me. There's no expectation. It literally is because I want these companies to thrive. I want my followers to see how cool these companies are. And so it's basically like a little mini unpaid partnership, but I have to disclose that it's gifted by law in Canada. So if you're following different influencers in Canada, by law, you are supposed to, and I don't think the influencer can get in trouble, but the brand can get in trouble. I don't know for sure. You have to look into that yourself, but we've really like tried to make sure to stick to like the rules and regulations, but you're supposed to say if something's been gifted to you or hosted to you, but in the States, it is not, um, they advise it, but it's not by law. So you can actually get in shit. And I just feel like I would like to avoid all of that. So <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. I want to, and I also want to be honest. I want to be honest if, some, if I didn't purchase something, but I only talk about things that I love. I feel like that translates though, 100% your stories because I follow a lot of influencers. Bailey, we we work in the industry. You can see it. You can tell when it's inauthentic mm-hmm. and your stories are very true to you. And not that I'm bashing about any other influencers. Like I'm still following them. I love them. I think yeah. they're great, but you can sometimes tell. And I think influencers yeah. are changing as well. I think they are realizing that they can be authentic, that they can just limit themselves to brands and products that they love. And so I see like a big shift changing as well, um, which is good. I think it's good for this whole industry to be as authentic as possible and to be as transparent as possible because anybody who's doing this must love it. Like it's a hard industry, but it is a cool industry. And I want our followers to continue to trust us and believe in us. So that that's the only way you can do it. Yeah. It's so funny to think about, you were just talking about how the industry used to be back when you first came off the show or Um, when you first started blogging. So fast forward now, how do you think you would have been coming off the show if it was in today's realm? Oh, I would have totally like monopolized. It would be so fun. I would have my own line of Jilly shirts, Jilly toques, the wall. Like, yeah, it just would have been so much more fun. And now that I understand marketing and social media and PR and like what to say and what not to say and what brands to work with and what emails to respond to and how to deal with bullying and how to deal with like where to put my time, it would be so cool to do it over again. I would love to see what I could do with that now. I think I did good back then. I have no regrets, but it is interesting because when I came off of The Bachelorette, we didn't have a Facebook page. Ed and I had a joint Facebook page, Ed and Jillian Facebook page. Stop. I wonder if it still exists. I think we shut it down when we broke up. And then I got onto Twitter. So then I was tweeting and then it was, I only did Facebook and Twitter. And then when I met Justin, he was like, have you heard of Instagram? And I was using Instagram to edit my photos. And that's it. I had a private account because that was the only way you can get an Instagram or a photo editing was through Instagram. And then one day he was like, you need to make it public. Like you need to make it public. And then I did, but that was hard because it was all my, these personal pictures. And then I realized when I wanted to start something for business, I started the, one the account that I have right now. But I also think that things happen for a reason. And I think it's a lot of pressure with these girls and guys are going through coming off and then all of a sudden overnight having like millions of followers that are so opinion like people have gotten to get to know me over time so it's been like people like it's a re- like a relationship and so I think it can get toxic where all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you all of a sudden like you're on the show right you're on the show you're just a normal person and then all of a sudden you have like five million people telling you what's up that can't be healthy either yeah, so maybe it was good the way we did, the way scary. I did. Scary. Yeah, it's so scary. 
Um, when you look back at the growth from Bachelorette to Jilly Blocks, what moment kind of stands out to you as the biggest learning curve or just moment that maybe made you change or shift your lifestyle? I mean, I, I feel bad because these were really great partnerships that turned out really well. Um, and one was with Purcell and one was with Swiffer. Both great products that work very well. I mean, Purcell got my clothes the cleanest, by the way, unsponsored, but like it worked. Right now, I'm using natural detergent and my whites are starting to look a little bit non-white, but <laughs> that's just a decision I've I've made. Um, but I just still felt like I couldn't quite align, like I couldn't quite get there. Um, and then same with Swiffer. I've always like loved Swiffer. I think it's a cool product, but it's these disposable pads and I wasn't sure if I could use them on my floor. And I'm like, oh, the pictures turned out so good. I felt like it was a great campaign, but both felt a little bit unauthentic and I just felt guilty. I felt guilty that I'd gotten paid so well to promote these products that again, like I said, like, it's not like I was selling drugs. They're fine products. People are buying them. And if you have Swiffer and Priscilla at home, don't feel bad. It's okay. But I just wasn't specifically using it. And, um, we, okay. Then here's the moment. Thank you. I needed to walk myself through this. So we were in Mexico, me and Shay and Cam and Justin and Mindy and Mackenzie. Yes, we were in Mexico and we got offered a massive, massive campaign, like more money. I would have made more, more money in one day than I've ever dreamed of. Like it would have been the biggest campaign ever. And like I said, it wasn't off brand. It was for a baby product. And I was, I had a baby and it was like one or two days worth of work. It was amazing, incredible. And it was a green shift. Like it was like a green initiative but I just saw through it. I was like, I don't think, I think this is like what I call greenwashing. Like, I don't think this is actually, I don't know, like what is actually changing about this product? Like I just could not get on board. I felt like I was then going to be fooling. I felt like I was being fooled and then I was going to be fooling others. And Justin and I were thinking about building our house. So we just started building our house or maybe we just finished building it. And we had lots of bills to pay. And I think we were both like, <laughs> this would solve the problem. And I'm just like, oh God. And everybody was tanning. And they were like, what do we think? And we're drinking margaritas. I'm like, I need to make a decision right now. I have to make a decision. And everybody's like, just go for it. Like, it's not that. Like, it's a baby product. It's not like that big of a deal. And I was like, I just feel like if I could partner with different brands, such as like, say, Sage or some, like whatever, yeah, they might not have as much money up front, but I know long-term that partnership will make sense and I'll be able to stand behind that product and I'll be able to like scream for the mountaintops that I love it and I will actually buy it and actually use it on my kids and like, and everybody's like, yeah, but you don't even have an offer from somebody like Sage. Like you don't even have that offer. So you're going to turn this one down without, without even having a backup. And so I had another margarita. <laughs> as one does. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I'm turning it down. And I think even my agent, Tyler, was like, shit. Like, <laughs> she's like doing the math on her commission loss or whatever. I was like, I'm not, not going to do it. I'm like, let's, let's, let's call Sage. Let's have a conversation. Let's see if they would be willing to work with us. This is before we ever did anything paid with them. I think they did like, they paid like $500 to be a part of 12 Days of Christmas or something. 
So we came up with an idea for a campaign and we came up with like, instead of a flat fee, like a commission structure. And I told them that I wanted to design a diffuser. I really wanted to be hands-on. I really wanted to design it myself. Um, That was hard because they'd never really done that before and it had to be an existing silhouette. And we had limitations. I'm like, no, please, like if we're going to do this, it has to be true to my heart. And so we really worked with them back and forth and we launched that campaign with them. And yeah, it was way more work than the other one. Like it was days and days of like designing, approving, having meetings, conversations. We had to do extra social posts and stuff like that. But we probably ended up being the same amount of money over the course of a year. We had to work way harder for it, but it felt so much better. Like I love that brand. I love their people. I love like everything about that partnership. And now we have like a lifelong partnership with them. And well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe they'll not want to work with us anymore. We'll see. But um, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Um, But I know that if I'd chosen that other partnership, it would have been a one and done. And so that's for me when I was like, this is going to work. This idea, and so for those of you who are listening and you're like, I have this idea, but I don't know if it's going to make money. If you really believe in it and you truly think it might be more work, but long-term, it might be the better solution for you. Like what is going to be more feasible? Don't just go for the quick money or the quick decision. Like Justin says, the lazy man works the hardest. And it's so true because that money would have been long gone. That partnership would have been long gone. And then what? Like then how do you even go then to like promoting one product and then going and having, starting a conversation with somebody like Sage. So that I think for us when I was like, this is it, this is going to work. And from now on. So then we created this, this template. We have so many like procedures and policies in this company, which is weird because it seems like we're always drinking wine and just having so much fun, but we're actually like a very regimented company. So we have this, um, this worksheet, which I don't think we use anymore because we've just gotten used to it, but brands had to fill it out to be like, I just want to know, like, do you test on animals? Where's your product made? Is it Canadian owned? Like now we've changed it. Um, are you a minority owned? Like, tell us more about your company. Tell us about your packaging. Tell us about your price point. Tell us about how it's sold so that then I could do like the hard nose. Like what are the hard nose? If there's fur in something or if there's like foie gras in something, I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. So, um, or if it's tested on animals, I'm like, that's a, that's a hard pass. So that's kind of where I think everything super changed for us. And it was scary because I thought that it was going to, I thought that it was going to decrease our sales. I thought it was going to stifle us and that I was going to have to let go of employees and I was going to have less money, but it actually did the exact opposite. So it was pretty cool. I love that about you so much. And I love, do you find that that changed when you became a mom? Totally, totally. Because you just, I think everything changes when you become a mom. You just get smarter and more intuitive and you want to do things more purposefully for sure. Can you talk about, well, you've launched so many projects and partnerships, (laughs) like countless, um, but could you talk about maybe behind the scenes, the shit, the nitty gritty that people who are just following your journey or scrolling scrolling through the gram don't see? I think there's a lot of shit. People think I think we just have a lot of fun, but like if you haven't seen me on Instagram or Instagram stories for two days or three days, there's a reason for that. Sometimes I'm just tired and I've got nothing to show, but that's usually because there's tears, there's shit going on. I mean, when Jellybox first launched, October, November, December, I am not using this language lightly. I thought I was going to have to be hospitalized. Like I'm starting to cry thinking about it. Like I, I try not to cry. 
I would like be bent over on the island and like Justin was like, I've had enough. Like you've got to fold this company. Like this is too much. This is draining you. I'm like, (gasps) like I had so much anxiety. I was not being a good mom. I was not being a good friend. It was so stressful. The financials were not working out. Shit was coming in damaged. Shit was coming in late. You're going to make me cry because we went through that together. (laughs) People weren't, oh yeah. Like, yeah, we went through this. Oh my God. Have you ever told that story? No, not yet. We haven't gone there yet. Oh God. Um, and it was like, it was killing us. It wasn't just that. It was like, we were so many things we never thought about, like insurance and customer service and the platforms and stuff was getting mixed up on the back end and like every day. And like, meanwhile, I only have basically three people, Mindy and Shay at that time. And we have other projects and partnerships and families and friends and like commitments and 12 days of Christmas and all of this stuff. And we were all like so burnt out and it was like, it was killing us. It was literally killing us. I was like, I'm going to lose these girls. Um, I could see like Shay checking out Mindy. I was like, we were all just like so exhausted. And Justin, like Justin, and I would have like basically screaming matches. He'd be like, get off. Like I, he would wake up. Justin would wake up at like three in the morning and I would still be at the island responding to customers, writing emails with a glass of wine, like probably drunk. And I would do that till like three in the morning, four in the morning. And sometimes I would just pull an all nighter and just keep on going. And I wouldn't say anything on social media because like people don't, some people care, but most people don't really. And so I just wouldn't really say anything. And then, so there's certain times where he was like, I've had enough. Like you're, you, you need to stop. And I would be like, what am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do? I'm like, I can't do this now. Like I'm in this now because with the Jilly box, you have to order things like six months to a year in advance. So you can't just like fold the company because you've already spent a million dollars on product. That's going to be like, that's, like literally going out right now that we ordered a year ago. So you can't just fold it. You have to just fucking deal with it and figure it out. And so at certain points, you're just like, okay, I just have to figure this out. What am I going to do? And what am I going to do to protect my like mental health and my sanity? And um, we had the cookbook launching at that time. So we had like a 10-day cookbook tour. And we were trying to promote that. And yeah, so there's a lot of like distressing going in the background for sure that people don't see. And, um, yeah, but, and I think there's just a lot of things going in the background that people don't, I think, think from an influencer, like a lot of paperwork, legalities, um, contracts that you have to go through. Have you read the contract? Have you agreed to the contract? Employee contract, employee benefits, financials, like shifting money around like, okay, well, guess what? We need to order another $500,000 of the stuff for Jilly Box, but we don't have that money right now. Well, where's that money going to come from? Jill, you have half a million bucks lying around. And all of a sudden you're like scrambling around trying to figure out like between me and my business partner where that money is going to come from and wondering if you're ever going to get paid back. So a lot of those conversations that I don't always show on social media, like, hey guys, just me, just trying to find 500 grand today. Anybody got some money? (laughs) So yeah, that's a lot of the stuff I don't really talk about, but yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. I'm so found, sorry you we went found through such money. a like, hard time because that breaks my heart. No, it's fine. It's- <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to be hospitalized, but it was fine. No, but li- literally those kind of situations then allow your business, like you have to learn from those situations. Mm-hmm. And now we have certain procedures and different contracts and different sampling. Like it is different now. And where you're like, wait a second, 
yours wasn't the last situation that we had like that. We're just going to just loosey-goosey, not really tell the whole story. But can I? You <laughs> oh, can yeah. No, go for so it. So when Bailey ha- um, had or still has... Um, no, so I used to have my old company, Shop State of Grace. Shop State of Grace. We decided for the first Jilly Box to partner together on a product, and we were so excited about it. We loved it so much. It was so cute. It was one of my favorite products in the box. And when all 5,000 of them came in, they were basically all damaged. Yep. And it wasn't Bailey's fault. And... You know that she didn't have an agreement. There was learning lessons for me to be had as a business owner through yeah, that as well. Like there totally. were things I could have done to protect both of us, yeah. but it was a manufacturing issue, and it was. I had just that layer of it, but if you were dealing with multiple layers of that, like I can only imagine how you felt because I felt like debilitated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I saw you, Bailey, like... I remember I was in New York and yeah. I was still drunk and I woke up and I'm like, we got to solve this problem. Justin was like, what's going on? I'm like, we have to find 5,000 um, uh, like different items to put in the box in like two weeks. The one thing but- <laughs> I will say though about you is like throughout that process and I will get emotional. Poor Bailey like, kept on calling me to apologize. I was like, don't cry. This is business. We got to get through this. You always made me feel like a friend. Aw, but you are a friend though. No, I know, but you never yeah. made me feel like a transaction where like someone in business could. Yeah. I felt like sometimes I did make you feel like a transaction because I was like, Bailey, I can't talk about this right now because she kept, you felt you were so bad. You wanted, she <laughs> That's just on, me. I'm like so She just kept over. on wanting to call and apologize. I'm like, no, we don't have time for this. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, we don't have time for apologies. I'm like, it's okay. It's just an item. It's just a thing. I will, I love you. We're learning from this. Like you didn't know, you didn't do this. We didn't know. Like, yeah, we, no, it was like a huge learning lesson. And like, yeah. in hindsight, Hated the fucking experience, but grateful that I now know what to do and what not to do. Totally. Yeah. So here we are. Poor Bailey is like trying to figure out like, okay, can we get 5,000 of these products like in like two weeks? Hell no to the no. And then I'm like, okay, what are we going to replace it with that's within the same price range, right? That not only price range, because if people are listening and understand the Jilly Box, so the Jilly Box has a $400 value, but you buy it for now $199 because there has been a price increase. Um, <laughs> if you haven't gotten the memo. Um, and so if you understand that, then people are selling us their items at such a discounted price. But we still need to say the box is worth a certain amount. So let's say it was a phone case that you, whatever. And let's say we say the phone case is valued at $20, but we're getting it for $10. That means I need to find something else that's only going to cost me $10 that's valued at $20. And to find 5,000 of those in like two or three weeks is almost impossible. Like I was like, can I order some lip chaps? No, I'm like, oh, that's not going to work. Like what can I just buy 5,000? And also most brands do not have 5,000 of anything just lying around. Mm-hmm. The most brands have like 500 of something lying around. Yeah, so, your boxes are planned like six months Months in advance, yeah. Um, but anyways, there was another situation, just not make you feel bad, um, that we did. But there was a product that we ordered, um, and it was expensive. Um, I think we spent like probably a quarter million dollars on that one product. We ordered, it arrived. I loved it. I think you guys would have loved it. Although now looking back, I don't think it was size inclusive. But there was something with that product that I felt like the brand didn't align with with me. Just like political views are just like, I was like, there is a misalignment with these brands. And I have this product here now, ready to be put in the box. This is after your situation. And I can't put that product in the box. I can't. And we were like, what are we going to do with now 10,000 of these items? 
what are we going to do with them? And I was like, I don't care. Like, we'll give them away. Everybody's getting these for Christmas for the next 20 years. Like, I can't put this in the box. Next and, 20 years. Yeah. My, she gives this one all oh, the way another, out another one. Thanks, yeah, Jill. Totally. Some people change size and whatnot. I don't know. And my business partner was like, hell no, we're not going through this again. I'm like, I am sorry. I will give up all that money myself. I'm, I can't, I cannot put my name on that product. And she's like, A, fine, we're going to have to eat, the, eat all that money. Plus, we're going to have to pay another quarter million dollars to find something else. And how are we going to find something else? And that is where Birch Hill Studio, I have never really told the story, Birch Hill Studio with um, All Twerk, No Prey. I was like, can you help me? I need to find a garment that I can get in like two months. And so that's when we came up with the idea of the Be Good, Be Good shirt. And like, yeah, I mean, it was just a plain basic baseball tee, but it was size inclusive, which was awesome. She busted her ass to get it here in time. It was printed here in Canada. She was, you know, uh, Sierra is interesting to deal with just because she's like very, um, I think a, a needy, like not needy, but she's like very communicative, right? Like yeah. she's, if you're, she's probably listening to this and I mean this in the best way. She doesn't get offended anyway, so it doesn't matter. She's cool. But she was so awesome. She worked her ass off to get that product in the box so fast and in good shape. I am eternally grateful to her because I had nothing else that was just in the last box. I had nothing else to put in there that was like a $70 value that we can get for the same price, but she did it. And the best part of the story was, is that we weren't out that money because the brand I called, we called the brand and we just explained, we think you are awesome. We don't think that it's the brand. It just, this is how we're feeling. And they were like, we're sad. We do, we don't fully agree with you, but we understand where you're coming from. We do want to change that image of us and we're going to work towards that. So one day we can partner with you and we will take all the shirts back and give you your money back. That's amazing. Yeah. And I cried. I cried because that is, that's the whole thing with the Jilly Box. It's not a, like, it's not a cheap company to run. Like it is in not, people are like, oh, is she selling all these boxes for, that's $10 million a year. And they're like, no, no, no. You have to pay for the products. You have to pay for the boxes. You have to pay for the fulfillment. You have to pay for the tech team. Just shipping. Shipping alone, we pay for it. We pay for it. That's $15 a box. You do the math. 10000 boxes a season, four times a year. I don't know. That's $600,000 a year and just shipping. I want to throw up. Right? So then it's not, <laughs> it's not cheap. I can't believe I'm just throwing all these numbers out here, but anybody <laughs> could do the math. The shipping is free. Yeah. That's $15 a box. That's just what it is. I mean, it's, um, they're not secret. So what was the point with the jelly box? The point is, yeah, those kind of things behind the scenes that people aren't seeing. They're seeing like financial meetings of us, like literally pulling our eyebrows out being like, okay, how do we save $2 a box? How do we do that without... And that's what was happening is that we were starting to have to compromise the items. And I'm like, I can't. I, I can't because I don't want these items. There's t- how do I feel go to bed at night with 10,000 shirts out there that are potentially going to end up in a landfill? I can't. So that was my biggest thing. I want everything that everybody gets to love. And if it does end up in a landfill, it has to be something that's going to biodegrade. I just love your, I know. your intention behind your brand. So like, much respect. Yeah. Because not a lot of people would do that. No. They'd be like, I'll do it next time. And right. they wouldn't lose that money. Right. Okay. So we're going to start with some listener questions to kind of just end this off. Pace underscore Hunt. Will you and Justin have any more kids? This was, I got this 
in my DMs about 70 times. So I can only imagine how many times you get asked it. So I actually want more kids. Well, I say I do. Sometimes I'm like, no, 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 I'm not doing this. I'm too tired. We've actually both, Justin and I, there's times where he's wanted more and there's times where I wanted more. But for some reason, we both have not been on the same page at the same time, which is a common theme in our relationship. Um, it's fine. We're doing okay. Um, <laughs> but we're just, fine. We're just never on the same page, but it's fine. Um, so... I doubt it, but without giving too much information, there is really nothing preventing it right now. So it could happen. She's drinking wine, guys. We're witnessing it, so she's not pregnant right now. I'm not pregnant right now, but... She also said she never puts out. Yeah, (laughs) totally. But there are some times where I'm like, come on, let's do it. And he's like, oh, no, we're not doing this. But I doubt it, and I am tired, and we are busy, but... If I got pregnant right now, I'd be stoked and Justin would be terrified. Aww. Yeah, but we do. But I feel like he'd probably get over it real he quick. Would, of course, yeah. yeah. You guys make such cute babies. Thank you. So. Really do. Yeah, so it's not, we're not planning on it and I doubt it, but you never know. At the heart, Cloverdale asked, How do you keep your mental state okay when you have mass disappointment? Um, I try to remember that life is short. And like the biggest mass disappointment I could ever imagine would be something that like cost my life or somebody's life. Anything other than that does not matter. I think about where I've come from. I came from Peace River, Alberta. I lived in like a pretty basic little house. My dad lived in a trailer. Like my parents split up. My dad lived in a trailer. Um, We had, like I was a fortunate kid, but I grew up on macaroni and cheese and hot dogs and it was a happy time. So I just sometimes feel like even if I lost everything, I would still have the things that make me the Christian cry. I would still have the things that make me the happiest. So even if I lost every penny that I had, the things that make me the happiest, really, I mean, maybe then I'd have an excuse to be able to eat hot dogs again. <laughs> but I would just have like macaroni and cheese and hot dogs and bonfires and have like maybe a simpler life. I don't know. Like I'm not trying to simplify not having money, but... What is, what was the question? You're just someone so driven by value. I can see yeah, like, like it, it all ties back to that for you. Right. So how do I deal with mass disappointment? I'm just like, this too shall pass. This will pass. I can deal with this. I try not to get too much anxiety. Or if I do, I try to just get it all out. And I think it's a combination of expressing yourself, screaming, crying, getting mad. I always tell the kids like, you can scream, like you can scream. And like a lot of times people, I think we're told to like internalize things. But scream or fine, swear. Like if you want to swear or like whatever, like stomp your feet or whatever it is, like get that out, but then get over it. Because the only mass disappointment I think that should really hurt your heart is if you lose somebody or you're like, it's health. Basically it's just health. And not that money doesn't matter. Like, cause I know a lot of people obviously need to be fed and they need to have a roof over their head. But to the point that you can feed yourself, put a roof over your head and your family is healthy. That's all we really need. Right? That's all we, other than that, everything else, you just have to learn from it, get pissed off and then move on. I think I'm trying to say that in a way without being insensitive, but that's how I feel right now. No, I do agree. Yeah. Um, bon, Caitlin asks, will you do another Jillian and Justin show or a JH brand show? So I, we've thought about it. The funny thing that people don't 
I think understand, even all my friends ask about this, is there's not a lot of money in TV, to be honest, and it's a lot of work, and you don't have a lot of control unless you're the producer. Um, And it's very invasive on your life, and it's exhausting. You always have a camera in your face. So to be honest, I did not enjoy the Jillian Justin show, like, experience, like, the filming of it. Even though I loved our producer, like, I loved everybody, I just always felt so drained. I was filming Love It or List It, I was running this company, and then I would have a camera on my face all the time. But... And it didn't pay well. But also, then when I watched the show, I cried and I loved it. And I was like, I want to do this again. Like when you see the edited version, it was so well done and it captured like a part of our life that we'll always be able to have. So there is a part of me that is like, say, if we get this property or like there's a part of me that I think if an opportunity did come and it was turnkey for me, I probably would take it. And I know a lot more about TV than I used to. So there are no plans to do any more TV, but I probably would entertain it. Even though two years ago, I'd say no way. I would do it, but I'd probably curse it the whole time. Yeah. Insane. Because Justin told us that you filmed for a year and you got four episodes out mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Mm-hmm. And that nuts. And like, basically I was like, the, there was cameras in the delivery room. Oh, love that for you and your Venus flytrap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if they saw that, Steven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. At Kate Franks underscore asked, what is the most diva thing about you? I am very particular about my wine now. I feel like my taste in wine has like skyrocketed through the roof, which disappoints me because I'm like grew up on growers, like two liter bottles of growers. Oh, is like yeah, what happened to me. in the parking lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm picky about my wine. I am very picky about the cleanliness of my house. I would spend, that is where like literally I would cut everything out of my budget except for a house cleaner. Like that is like my house. Even the girls, like today we spent an hour reworking the schedule for a shoot that we had to do. And because I refuse to do a shoot on Tuesdays because Tuesdays are when the house gets cleaned. I'm like, I'm not, they're like, they can't shoot it any other day. I'm like, then we're going to have to move it around. I, this is like in December. This is like, you think I could, I could rework my schedule for three months from now. I was like, no, it's a Tuesday. It can't happen. That and I refuse, like, I can't listen to certain types of music. Like, Justin listens to Alt Nation on Sirius. I'm like, how are these songs even, like, how are they even? Wait, what are the songs? Yeah, what is Alt Nation? Whoa. Like, I like. I'm going to ask Justin what bands he listens to. Should I link Channel, Alt Nation for the friendship? Yeah. <laughs> Channel 58 is my favorite. That's like classic country. And that's, there's probably something more diva about me, but you definitely should have asked Justin about that. <laughs> Maybe we did. You'll have to yeah. listen and see. <laughs> the Jess Claire asks, favorite collaboration so far and dream collaboration? Oh, wow. Okay. Favorite collaboration. Ooh. I love our Sage Diffusers. I think they're beautiful and they're really, really well done. I cried at the Joe Fresh jacket just because it turned out so well and people wanted it so bad, but I also was sad and whatnot, but I did love that project. Um, I think it's, I'm going on and on, I'm sure there's many, but the Smash and Tess line, I had an idea one day to do like a hoodie romper and I love that because she could have, Ashley could have recreated a hoodie rompy in like a different color or whatever, but she's like really been like, hey, I want to introduce it in another color that might be launching soon. Um, She has like, she's like, that's your baby. So I just love that because it's been like an ongoing partnership. She's been like so generous, so grateful. And I've been working with them for years. And so for me, that's like just such, I love that their product is 
made in Canada. That's Canadian, female-owned. I wear it every single day. Like that to me is like, and also it sells itself. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to be like, hey guys, don't forget to buy this romper. Like it literally sells itself. And so she's been really easy to work with. Um, I think sometimes we're difficult. We're like, what about this? What about that? Even with the romper alls, I'm like, I don't like this fabric. I wanted something different. I don't like this material. And she's like, we need to get these launched, but okay. So there's, I think that's an, another thing that people don't see is like all the back and forth with designing these items, like wrong color, wrong shape, wrong. And we can't show them to people because, Otherwise, it would ruin the surprise, right? So, um, and then of course, the Melanie Ald necklace has been something I've been proud of because I just wear it every day. And it's just like, I love it when we can collaborate and do something that I literally use all the time. Oh, and the cookbook. So, all of them. <laughs> What's your dream collaboration? Oh, dream collaboration. God, I've been so lucky already. I don't know. Maybe you guys have an idea, but I still cannot believe after all these years, I don't have like a furniture or a home decor line. And I would love to have a furniture or home decor line, but it's so hard because most of that is made in China. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Things can be made overseas and still from like a good factory. There are good factories and bad factories, but we just haven't gotten there yet. And maybe one day we'll grow to the point where we could like actually go overseas and find the, go to those famous factories and see how much people are being paid and all that kind of stuff. But we almost had a partnership with... Wayfair. I think I did mention that before. Um, and we worked on it for like two years and it was so beautiful. But then there was like a bunch of controversy about Wayfair in the media and I just didn't feel comfortable launching it. And so we had to shelf it. So um, I think my own like furniture line would be cool, but I don't know who that would be with. But I feel like most brands that I use, I'd love to have my own like Free people custom ottoman tunic. Ooh. Maybe them. But also, I don't know if I'm getting over the tunic. What do you guys think? <laughs> That'd be cool. That yeah. would be cool. It's very you. I honestly, I'm also shocked that you don't have like a home mm-hmm. decor. Yeah. Because you would just crush it with it. Like, what about the cross? The cross. You did would, do something with them, We have right? worked with them before, but the only problem is, is like with somebody like the cross, I think that people don't understand is that they're already basically the third party. Right. They're because, retailing other brands. Yeah. They're retailing other brands and that brand's getting it from a factory. So I think in order to be truly successful with a home decor line, then I'd be like the fourth person to basically touch yeah, it. Yeah. No, you have to work. Yeah. You have to brand. work with the actual factory and that is stressful. Okay. We're going to do two more questions. Okay. Oh, I forgot I had a question. <laughs> this one's from <laughs> at Bailey JST. Love that. <laughs> Don't forget to follow her. <laughs> how do you, I like, I've always wondered this about you and I probably asked you, but like, how do you keep going when you are so back to back to back and you have those days where you feel drained, like you, don't want to get up. You don't want to mm-hmm. do it. Cause I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs have that a lot of like students or whatever, like how do you push through it? I think that probably I don't want to disappoint my team. Like I love Shay and Mindy and the girls so much. There are so many times where I text them and I'm like, let's just cancel the day. And they're like, we can't, like we've got to, the, the girls love this business almost more than I do sometimes. We all have like different levels of passion to what we believe in. But sometimes I'm like, okay, let's just cut. Let's stop. Like we're doing too much. And Shay's like, no, we said we were going to do this and we're going to do this. I'm like, ha, 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 I don't want to. <laughs> Who hired you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, So I think the team pushes me a lot um, and I just don't want to disappoint them. And I always, one of the things I always tell our employees 
as my goal when I hire you is that you're going to retire with me. And so we really talk about like our, my financial advisor, Terry has an open door policy with every employee for free. If you want to come and get financial advice from Terry, they are like, I'll pay for it. He'll pay for it. But like, I want the girls to think about like retirement savings. So we're now introducing a new RSP matching program where if they contribute, we match. Like, I really just want them to be here forever, um, unless they don't want to be for whatever reason, but I just don't want to disappoint them. And I also, I, yeah, I think about people like Tyler and the brands that I'm working with and I don't want to disappoint them. So, and also I'm not the kind of person that really likes to lay around and like watch TV and whatnot, like at home, usually when I have those days where I'm like, Oh God, like I'm exhausted. Like, how am I going to do this? I have a glass of wine. I put on my romper and I go to sleep with Leo early and I fall asleep at 8.30 and I text Justin and I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I am bagged. And this happens, I'm not kidding, three to four times a week where I say, I'm sorry, I'm just totally drained. I'm going to sleep. We take Leo to go pee every night at midnight. I'm like, I'm not going to remember to take Leo pee. Can you please take him? And I can like kind of feel Justin waking Leo up in the middle of the night and I just sleep. I think the biggest thing for me is sleep if I can get it. Sometimes it's out of my control because the dogs and Annie and everything. But I just, one of the things that my mom always told me is take it one day at a time. So when I get overwhelmed, I'm like, I just can't handle this. I'm like, I just need to get through dinner. I need to stop looking at my phone. I need, because they're triggering, right? Mm -hmm. I need to stop looking at the emails. I need to just, and it's so hard to turn it off. But if you don't turn it off, you will go crazy. And then if I go crazy, I'm going to lose everything. And I don't want to lose. So you have to, in order to protect yourself and your family and the, everything you've built, you have to protect yourself. And that is sometimes just shutting it off and going, okay, I'm just going to start over tomorrow and see what I can get through tomorrow. And then the next day's shit, you just keep on doing that. And then at some point, you might be like, okay, I'm not figuring it out. Then if that happens, I'll get my parents to babysit like on a Friday or a Saturday. And I'm like, okay, guys, I need two days to just wipe out my schedule. I'm not having any appointments and I need to figure out how to get caught up and how to like solve problems. So, but you just have to take it one day at a time. And like at the end of the day, luckily for me, I'm not saving lives. Right? Like, yeah, I'm definitely not. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> not saving lives. <laughs> Thank you. We have one last juicy oh, yes. question for you. Yeah. We asked Justin, he had a rapid answer. So we're hoping you have one too. And it was a juicy answer. We asked, what is, where's the craziest place you and Justin have had sex? Oh my God. He remembered. He knew this. We have definitely had sex in lots of crazy places. Like I think even recently I was like, hurry up, hurry up. Like in the driveway. Whoa. Like last week. I was like, let's, cause I'm like, I can't remember why do we have sex in the driveway last week? Why didn't we not make it inside? Were you in the car or were you out of the car? No, we were half out of the car. <laughs> There's those bushes people can't see. <laughs> oh my God, why can't I remember? We've, we have, I mean, he's young. He's 10 years younger than me. When he's ready for it, you just kind of have to go for it. We got but a I answer from him. What was the answer? <gasps> oh my God. I feel so bad. But it's it was as, recent. It was recent. It's not as much of a priority for me as it is for him. So I can't really remember, but I'm sure he has remembered. <laughs> okay. Well, not that you need to plug yourself, but tell everybody all the projects, ways they can oh. support you, all that. Um, if you don't have the cookbook yet, I think that's a great it's way. It's such a good cookbook, Thank you guys. You. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to tell you yet the chili box because that's going to hurt. Smash and Tess, Melanie Ald, visit the Instagram. Also, like, you don't even have to buy anything. I think just 
you know, the ways, you, you, don't worry about me. Just worry about yourself. Aww. Yeah. So you know, just, the yeah, first just, person who's ever said that. Just take, just, you know what? Shut your phone off right now and go make yourself a glass of wine. Make yourself, pour yourself. <laughs> Crush some grapes. <laughs> let them ferment. And just get off your phone for a little bit and give yourself a hug. I'm glad Aww. you said that at the end of the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. Turn your phone off like in the beginning. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you Thanks, so much. We love Thank you. you Thank you so, so much. Thank you. That was so fun. All right, friendships. I know you're probably just turning us off right now, but the chance that you actually like us, that you enjoyed the episode and you want to help us out, share this with a friend, leave us a review, subscribe and download our episodes. It really, truly does make a huge difference. And I say it every single week, friendships, but you know the drill. Join our group on Facebook. We link every single thing in there. So make sure you go join. You can support us by buying our merch at whatdaysatpodcast.com. We have some new things in the work, friendship. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Our Facebook group, groupies, friendships, get first dibs on the new drops. So make sure you guys are in there so you can do it too. Thank you as always for listening and we will see you next. What day is it? Wednesday. Wednesday.